You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. The kind of place we expect a ghost to like to wander. Hey, yo, 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 Cord, how you guys doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? You guys never ask me how I'm doing. I'm I'm wonderful. <laughs> I'm very tired. Hi, very tired. I'm Jeremy. Nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. Fucking got him. I hate you. But why is he tired? It's a lame excuse why he's tired. I am tired because I was up all night. <laughs> working (laughs) but also i had to go on an excursion to find a ps5 (laughs) yeah i have zero empathy because my ps4 is dying no i'm still over here with a ps3 it's so funny (laughs) and an xbox 360 the last one i owned was a playstation 2 I was real good at the Star Wars Battlefront 2. Welcome to the really old people video game cast. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Back in my I remember playing Might and Magic 3. That was a good game. (laughs) It is a good game. I I still play it. I still play it. It was a good game. Pong was so challenging. Bruh. Bloop. That game's older than me. Bloop, bloop. Bloop. So am I. I know. <laughs> there, I made fun of my older own. Older than everyone. Yes, I'm old. Fuck. <laughs> hey, we're um we're gonna be kind of talking about Ohio in a roundabout sort of way. I made a promise on Twitter, and I'm gonna keep that promise because I was really, really angry about what happened the other day. It, it's been a few days. Well, it'll by the time this airs, it's gonna be a week ago. But I'm still gonna complain about it. Damn it, because I said I was gonna do it, and I always do what I say I'm gonna freaking do. And uh, News Nation reporter Evan Lambert got arrested while he was covering Republican Governor Mike DeWine's speech, which he was getting ready to lift the ban on residents being able to go back to East Palestine, Ohio, after the train crash that was releasing chemicals. Oof. It's it was a bullshit arrest. When it happened, there's video of it. You can go watch it. They're bringing up criminal charges against him, saying that he was belligerent and that he wasn't listening, that he was um, speaking too loud and he was being disrespectful to the governor, which clearly is not happening in any of the videos that were taken, not by the one that was being taken of him while he was trying to do his job as a reporter and definitely not any of them that anyone on the outside took. It's all there. They're going to lose in court. It's so stupid. But here's the thing. I thought I heard they dropped the charges. I hope they did because or maybe the governor requested that they did. I was just going to say, so DeWine, right? He tells reporters that um, if they were in any way hampered from reporting, this is a quote that certainly is wrong and it's not anything that I approve. In fact, I vehemently disapprove of it. He then said that he did not request that reporters stop the live broadcast, nor did he know that that request was even being made. So it looks as though the police and the sheriff's department, because it was a sheriff's department car that he was put into, took this upon themselves. Maybe, maybe they're just arresting black people again. Obviously, our nation has an issue with with police brutality against minorities. I don't think that this is what this was. It's more like just shut the reporters up. Here's the thing. He is a black man. He's also gay. So he even says, this is what it's like to be a black reporter in 2023. I am basically getting arrested because I'm black. Uh, The reason I say that is because other white folks have been reporting on this. I don't know if anybody's going to. I say keep up with this because this is very interesting. There was a burn off that was done, a controlled burn off. Supposedly. Yeah, right. But they they allow people to come back. But animals are dying. 
And this was already reported on by other people. So this is stuff that's already out here. You know, other white reporters apparently are okay with, you know, they, uh, they interviewed a guy named Taylor Holzer. This was on WKBN 27. He is allowed to be a fox keeper with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. We have something similar here in Pennsylvania where you have to be, you know, certified to be able to keep foxes because you can't keep them as pets, but you can keep them in a rehabilitation setting. And that's what this man does. He also has a, a dairy farm and he tells about how these foxes started coughing. One of them just ran up to him, basically had diarrhea and then just died like right in front of him. He's hearing the same story with people who have cats so it seems to be really affecting smaller animals and birds. People are coming home from being on quarantine from their homes and then finding their smaller animals are dead. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, the type of gas that got out. Oh, God, fucking big science words aren't my thing. But it's like, um, what is it? It's the it's the stuff that they use to make PVC. Right. The Before this incident, the largest incident of this being like an issue or a spill of this chemical was like the equivalent of like one train car. And then this was, I believe five or six. One of the things I heard was the controlled fire didn't actually get rid of it as much as it just put it up in the sky and then it could rain. It could rain acid, which sounds super fun. Vinyl chloride is the fancy word that you're looking for. I am not a smart man. Meaning it's partially chlorine. Yeah. 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 Chlorine's bad juju. This is close to the Pennsylvania, very close to the Pennsylvania border. And the class action lawsuits right now also involve Pennsylvania residents as well as Ohio residents. Uh, me, me like train. <laughs> um, but me don't like when train fall over. Right. Exactly. Train fall over. Not good. No, it's not. Train good. need to go choo choo roll, then train good. <laughs> right? I said yes. that right, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> Scientifically, very, very correct. Moral of this long winded story from Kiki is a uh, cord like train. Kiki like train <laughs> when train go, not when train not go. <laughs> train not going is not as good as train go. Especially when train abruptly not go. Mm. Very, very bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Except for an Ant-Man, because that shit was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Just the wee-wee. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, so I was, uh, I, I, at first I thought maybe they were just trying to do a cover-up. But here's the thing. This is how conspiracies begin. Because you arrest this one reporter. You're like, dude, that guy's been there literally all week doing a great job reporting on what's been going on with a bunch of other people. So uh, why single him out? You know, kind of that's kind of weird. But then I thought mm -hmm. maybe they were just trying to cover up that they let people come back too soon. You know? But I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think I think someone might be getting a lot of trouble. Yeehaw. I hope it's yeah. the Norfolk train company. I hope that they they uh, all the CEOs of it get put into this chemical spill oh, and God. they just have to deal with it. Oh. I hope the person that gets in trouble from this is JC. <laughs> eh, fuck CEOs. He's like, take it or leave it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, JC, what do we teach you about not putting bad people into chemicals? It creates what now? Wait, what was the question again? It creates the Joker. Creates supervillains. We don't look. If yeah. you put CEOs no, in chemicals. You, see, the, the error that they make with that is they let them out of the chemicals. But if they get superpowers, they will probably be able to get out on their Just own. Just shoot them faster. Just don't want to take that chance. Like, isn't Clayface like actually the chemical so how does he get out of the chemical get, figure it out i don't know that thing is right right and hear me out in the real world put the rich people who caused this disaster in the fucking environment that they destroyed because they were too cheap to fucking keep their trains running safely <laughs> wow okay now we're like union podcast yeah. <laughs> hey i'm in. hold up let's let's go back jc has some very strong opinions about things 
I do too about stuff like that, but I don't share them publicly. Anyway, I just wanted to get that out because, you know, I told Ohio that I was going to talk about it. The whole state of Ohio. I, Ohio. I was going to say, like, you went to <laughs> all of who Ohio. When I put a hashtag at a state, I expect the entire state to know what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. It does. <laughs> so just hashtag every state every time you do it. Then I just put the U.S. if I want all states to listen. It's just, oh yeah, it's got to be very specific. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I need to be very Pacific. Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh, God. I'm too tired. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> all right. Well, then we're going to take a break. <laughs> Let's take a 15 minute nap. We're going to yeah. take a break for our sponsor. One of you bitches. Welcome yeah. back. See, Kiki, sometimes what happens is. I forget that we don't actually get a break and it's just instantaneous for us. And I'm like, oh, I'll give us 30 <laughs> seconds to a minute. <laughs> I'm not a smart man. Hey. Hey, JC. Are you going to do your joke now? Hey, hey, JC. What, Cord? Why do witches stay in five-star hotels? I don't know, Cord. Why? You're not even going to guess? Because it's somehow related to a pentagram. Because of the excellent broom service. <laughs> God. Oh my God. Hey, hey, Kiki. <laughs> oh, God. Why? Oh. Why? Did why? That's why. <laughs> why did the witch give up fortune telling? Because <laughs> she couldn't tell which witch was which. <laughs> no, that's a good answer. But no, thank JC. you, thank JC. You. Anything? Uh-huh. Why did the witch give up fortune telling? Come on, this is a classic, dude. A classic. I I don't. You're gonna I don't laugh know. She gave up fortune telling because she didn't see future in it. Ba -da -ba -ba. Yeah, I knew that. I'm dumb. Yeah, you're right. That is a classic. I... Got him. Okay, guys. So, um, I like how you guys just don't laugh at all, Adam. <laughs> I, like, well, okay, anyway, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, anyway, now that that's over, <laughs> on the episode. Yeah. Well, that was grueling. God. <laughs> get it it's kind of a fun uh i i laughed at broom service that was cute you had a giggle i did the other one was well it, you even said it, it it's actually a classic and i just it's forgot like, it. it's yeah. like yeah decades older than i am that yeah <laughs> one of our lovely patreon folks meg she'd asked quite a while ago if we could look into the ohio witch wars now well cincinnati the cincinnati witch wars i think was was actually the more specific and this came from actually greg and dana newkirk in one of their one of their patreon things that they were doing before they started the podcast they had talked she said they were talking about the cincinnati witch wars and didn't they didn't go into it so we did that episode that's episode 88 and i was focusing on on cincinnati and i was focusing on Basically, people just accusing other people of being witches. Yeah, Cord's a witch. A sandwich. <laughs> mm, I'm going to be making hoagies this weekend. We did the Cincinnati Witch Wars, but we did not cover one of the strangest damn things that I've ever read in my entire life. It's technically the Ohio Witch Wars, which do not even take place in Ohio. Ohio, so boring. Things that are called it don't even happen there. So it was like, so it was like a stealth mission. <laughs> yeah. They said it was in Ohio yeah. and then went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll it'll make a lot more sense when. Um. Uh. Full disclosure: I did not listen to anyone else's podcast concerning this. Uh, I know I've just right now one other one that I know did it that's local and that's Tim Renner and his crew strange familiars did do an episode on this i believe did they yeah yeah so 
I'm approaching this as someone who read this for the first time, did not do any other research listening to anyone else talk about it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see after we've recorded this, if I go back and I find out that they came to the same conclusions or not. Maybe they found some other things. I don't know. So anyway, this is technically called the Witch Diggers story. It does center on just one family as opposed to what we covered, which was a lot of different Cincinnati folks, you know, like I said, accusing each other of witchcraft. Before we get into the story, here's where I have to get all technical and scientific-y. <laughs> yes, That's- let's get scientific-y in a paranormal podcast. <laughs> On the I- episode of Witch Diggers, that's when we're going to get scientific-y. <laughs> I said that on purpose, too, because that guy was like, well, paranormal people are just being scientifical. Not scientific. Mm. Uh, I hate that guy. Anyway. What? Yeah. Yeah, we we covered that way back on uh, Hellier when we covered Hellier. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's. Yeah. I I was like, I remembered the quote. I couldn't remember where it was quoted from, though. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I went off on that guy. And apparently Tyler said that everyone knew who I was talking about. (laughs) Like, there you okay. are, sitting on your front porch, acting like a dick, thinking that what you did was scientific. Anyway, good episode. Go back and listen to that. It's like episode 10 and 12, I believe. Our reviews of Hellier Seasons 1 and 2. And then we had Tyler come on. Yeah, yeah. He was a fantastic guest. So, uh, so first of all, the article that I took most of my information from is from the Cincinnati in quite, and it was from August 14th, 1892. But, uh, but first, I'm going to get into some psychology. So there are psychological aspects of what we're going to discuss. And one of those words that comes up in this one is called monomania. We tend to call this fixed ideas or beliefs now. The APA Dictionary of Psychology describes this as a firmly held irrational idea or belief maintained despite evidence to the contrary. It may take the form of a delusion and become an obsession. In some theories, this is considered a primary mechanism for the symptoms of hysteria. Now, hysteria, we don't really use that anymore. (laughs) Uh, Now you use conversion disorder, and that kind of goes hand in hand with uh, somatoform disorders, histrionics, and hypochondriasis. Of course, that's when you believe that something is physically wrong with you when there's actually no biological evidence to support it. I don't think I need to explain too much more about being a hypochondriac. And then some of these psychological issues can be attributed to childhood trauma and personal tragedies, especially histrionics. is an, It's one where I've I've personally dealt with people who've been diagnosed with histrionics and it goes anywhere from just an actual childhood traumatic thing happened to them to how they were raised when they like legit did not get attention from their parents or it was so negative. That to me also falls in with like childhood trauma. So keep all that in mind as we go on. Any questions about the psychology behind what we're going to talk about? (laughs) Yeah, lots. Uh, Can you repeat (laughs) everything you just said as though I wasn't paying attention? (laughs) You can. (laughs) Sometimes, guys, I just like pissing people off. That's mostly just me. I think that's no. no. You're a people. Women. It is 2023. Women are people now. I'm so glad that you said that, JC. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Oh my god. We're not going to get anywhere this episode, are we? It's going to be so weird. Okay, it's already a weird thing anyway. It's just totally fucked up, man. I This has fucked me up. Like, this story fucks me up. I, I, okay. Anyway. Well, let's dig into it. Yeah, because they're witch diggers. Yeah. Um, at the time this article's written, most of these events have been going on for a while. Okay. The author suggests the story was never told to the press because these things were happening in the, quote, dark country, an area that was high in crime. If anyone knows anything about white caps, uh, that's literally like a whole other thing um, of of history. Uh, They basically were vigilantes who took on crime themselves and eventually... 
like most vigilantes, become worse than the thing that they were fighting against. Mm. Yeah. In this case, there's a lot of horse thievery going on. And so the White Caps originally were there to stop the horse thieves. So we as the reader are coming in on the tail end of what is a tragic story taking place in Jennings County, Indiana, not Ohio. So this place is high in crime and low in candles since it's a dark place? Uh, apparently, or yeah. High in crime, low in candles. God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you? Because you shouldn't be. That was fun. That was that was a fun one. I hated it, but it was fun. <laughs> Tired me is apparently just JC version 2.0. <laughs> to be fair, I am always tired. Okay, the story begins with a Swiss family. Either the Bischlers. Not the Robinsons? No, I knew you were going to say that. Or, by the way, my favorite uh, live action Disney film. But anyway, <laughs> Bischlers or Bischlens, depending on who's writing about them. Uh, there are also other multiple spellings of the surname. So, yay, so much fun. Someone doing the genealogy was like, I hate my life. Uh, so John and Magdalena and their son, John Jr. and their daughter, Susan, moved to Dark County, Ohio. Dark has an E on the end of it. This is about 50 minutes north of Dayton, Ohio. To give you an idea of where they originally lived. I don't even know where Dayton is. So. Oh, for God's sake. God, dude. Get him out. I'm just, I don't know how. <laughs> You're can you're on the internet right now. <laughs> Dude. I don't know how to read maps. You don't know how to read. I hate that's you. fair. That is an accurate statement. Don't he's know. He's not how to sure read. even how to spell Dayton. Come on. He thinks he's thinks is D A T I N, you know? I was gonna say O N, but yeah, because it's dates on, you know. Anyway, they lived on a small farm. <laughs> they had three more children then after they immigrated here from Switzerland. All boys, Samuel, Stephen, and Nicholas. Samuel is listed in two different places that I looked up as having some kind of a disability. The article mentions a lot about he, how he repeats back what people say, that he doesn't really have any other form of communication. Like He doesn't really say things other than what you've already said to him. This is very normal behavior when you're a toddler because you're learning how to talk. It's called echolalia. Kids will always say things back to you. They're practicing. Okay. Now, if you're saying this and you're older, then usually this is a sign of Tourette's. It could be aphasia or schizophrenia, worst case scenario, I think, really. It's also linked to neurodivergence or just learning disabilities in general. Okay. So I will say that Sam is definitely some type of special needs child now, what's interesting is that a few of those disabilities are linked back to histrionics, which may be very important as we continue the story. Uh, this is pretty sad. The other three boys, being able-bodied and mind, are going to join the Union fighting during the Civil War. John and Steve fought in the 65th Ohio Infantry. Nick is a volunteer, 115th Ohio Volunteers, to be explained to be exact, is what it's called. Now, something can also be said for sending kids off to a war zone, because that's basically what these guys are. And if they have disabilities that aren't even present yet, then you might lead to other types of issues. And I think in Nick's case, for example, he probably is going to suffer from PTSD. Steve was only 14 when he died at the Battle of of either Franklin, Tennessee, that was a Union victory that only had 189 soldiers killed, but roughly 1,100 captured or missing, or he died at the Battle of Stones River in Tennessee, which was also a Union victory, but had a lot more casualties at 1,677. There are two different stories concerning Steve's death. Uh, so I thought I'd mention them both for people who are Civil War buffs. I don't know why there's such a discrepancy between those two battles. They're very different. So John Jr. was unfortunately killed on his way back to Ohio after being a prisoner of war. He was an unfortunate victim of the Sultana steamboat disaster. 
The Sultana was scheduled to come back up the Mississippi carrying soldiers and paying customers, but it was overfilled by three times its capacity. Yeah, I would... I was going to say, I think I, I know that that catastrophe. And, and it had uh, generally been mismanaged. One of the boilers was actually busted and had been patched up. And uh, that one exploded and caused a chain reaction, uh, exploding the other two boilers. Only a few survivors of that. Nick is the only one that's going to make it home. And unfortunately, both of his parents are only going to live a short time after he's home. They both die. So Nick decides that he's going to sell the family farm in Ohio. He is now the guardian of his brother, Sam, and sister, Susan. And he decides he's going to move them to live, say, it's a few miles southwest of Butlerville is what it's explained as. That is um, about an hour or so south of Indianapolis. So they're not too far away from, quote, civilization. You know, Indianapolis is a pretty damn big city at this point. So he purchases this farm. Right, because they already had a farm in Ohio. Uh, however, this is this is where things start to take a downward turn, <laughs> and I feel like we have another situation where I'm just like, maybe you shouldn't be farming anymore. The way that it was originally explained is that there's a lot of rocks and a rocky surface to this particular farm. Mm. Obviously, not the best place to try to dig up if you're, you know, trying too far. Uh, I use the area that I currently live in as an example that we're we're on a mountain. We're built on top of quartz. I cannot dig very far down at all before I hit nothing but rock. It's bad. That's why everything I build is up, right? So farm quote farming here is a no go on this piece of property. But I can still have a garden as long as I build up. Nevertheless, Nick is going to give this farming a try. The first instance of anything strange happening occurs one evening while Sam is left alone at the house. Because he can only repeat what others have said, Nick can't get him to say exactly what it is that he saw. Now, I saw a small blurb on a Jennings County page that said that Sam at this point was saying that he saw witches. But I'm going to go with a news article on this one because it's been repeated a lot that Sam could not actually communicate very well. He only repeats things he's heard. The article mentions then after this incident that Sam won't engage in any type of conversation at all with anyone and is often seen wandering around the roads alone. It's like he saw something that scared him. He couldn't elaborate due to his disability. And so he retreated further within himself. And that's how I interpret that incident. And that is based off of my very short time working with people who are neurodivergent children. I had an autistic child back in the 90s. So this was when we were still trying to understand how all this worked. Um, he acted like this because he couldn't communicate at all. It wasn't until he started learning sign language that he really opened up because now he had the ability to express himself and his thoughts more clearly. Otherwise, he would just get very, very frustrated. You know, of course, right? Because he knows what he wants. He he knows what he wants to say, but he didn't have any way to say it. So uh, I feel like maybe Sam might have been more on that neurodivergent spectrum and it sounded like, you know, he did. He did see something that really scared the shit out of him, and he just couldn't say what it was. Right. The next incident occurs with Susan. She goes to a next-door neighbor, and she is upset because, and I'm not making fun, She. this is how it's written, vitches. Vitches got Nick. Uh, when, whenever they have how she talked, it's, it's very much with almost like a, seems like a cross between being Swiss and how we would describe a Pennsylvania Dutch person speaking. Yeah. Right? Okay. So while she is at this neighbor's house, Nick appears to take her home. He like just comes trudging up like, where were you? Why are you here? He seems very frustrated with her for bothering them. And while she's just claimed that witches came through a window and choked Nick, he does not appear to be hurt in any way. Just very frustrated, exasperated, really, that he's having to come all the way out to get his sister. He mentions to them that she must be dreaming, that maybe she fell asleep and she's dreaming. I don't know why, but my first thought about that was that he was actually projecting that maybe he was the one that was asleep and he had some kind of PTSD episode. Interesting. Right? Like, what if that was what it was? And so she thinks witches got Nick. Maybe he's screaming his head off and acting like some un invisible force is attacking him. 
So if Sam's already talking about something that came through the window, or at least pointing to the window, right? He's not actually saying anything. Maybe she didn't know how to handle seeing her brother having a breakdown. So she thinks the most logical explanation must be witches. Now, some of you people out there might be like, that's ridiculous. But uh, let's take a moment and uh, have a moment of silence for literally like the 10,000 people that Switzerland killed because they thought they were witches. This is the 1880s, but the idea of witches are still real. They're scary. They're a threat. Yep. And even in this area, I'll also remind everybody that the hex murders in Pennsylvania were going on in the 1930s. <laughs> it's the 1880s. People are still... That, yeah. that ain't that long ago. <laughs> no. That could just be a very much like ingrained concept from, dare I say, quote the old country, that witches are evil, they're bad, they need to be dealt with. That might just be where her head went because she has no other way to explain what the hell she just saw her brother go through. Susan, however, does continue her rants about witches to all the neighboring farmers. Some of these are very interesting. Sometimes she says that women appear with long faces. The article is missing a couple of like letters right here. I think the word was supposed to be hairless. So they're hairless women with long faces and they're barefoot. I don't like it. Right? I don't like it either. It's kind of... She also claims to see monkeys with human faces that come into the house and disrupt everything. Uh, like they knock things over, that sort of thing. Right. And then there's also the large snakes that appear and they spit venom into the house. That's a little different. That's, right? that's an odd one. She insists that these are all different types of witches. When Nick is approached by all of these neighbors... And they say, how about you kind of calm your sister down and sort of belay her fears of, you know, witches. <laughs> this isn't really happening. Uh, his answer back was, what if she's right? Ooh. Quote, actually. What if she's right? I was like, okay. <laughs> That's not frightening at all, right? I mean, I could, I could see yeah. this being made into a film and just having that eerie moment where he turns and He's leaving and he looks at these people and he's like, you know, what if she's right? And then just turns and walks away like I'd watch it. Right. Yeah, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, for sure. So I don't really have a clearer idea of exactly how quickly these things happened in succession. I call this a descent into madness for all three of the Bishlers. To me, this is very frightening. But this is the list of things that occurred. And this is the list that it, it occurred in this order. OK, but I'm not really sure of the timeline as far as how much time went by in between each one. It honestly feels like this all happened within maybe like a month's time based on the news article. OK, first, all three are seen down in what the locals call the Rocky Ravine. They are using an axe to dig up stones and look for what Susan calls vitches. Again, that's her accent and that's how it's written. They are seen by a hunter at one point who does approach them and he finds about out that uh, they are looking for witches to get rid of. Just leaves it at that. Well, you kids now have some fun. <laughs> I'll be out too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like at this one, you're, you're coming up on them. This is the first time that anyone's seeing them. They probably are like okay looking at this point since it's the first incident. And so I feel like the hunter is probably exactly like, wait, like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go walk over here now. Like, you guys have fun with that, you know? Goddamn kid's gonna be stick steer. Wow. Scaring the deer away. They abandon their home sometime after this and take to sleeping on the rocks down in the ravine. The farm becomes neglected to the point where. Their animals starve to death, and they will blame the witches for that. Not cool, man. They begin to take trophies of the witches. For example, any animal that dies on the farm becomes trophy. They decide to kill their farm animals because they are perceived as witches. Oh. They then begin to attack other animals because they perceive them as witches. For example, anything from a frog to a butterfly... To a chicken they forgot to feed that wandered down into the ravine becomes a trophy. Weird. Yeah. They put sticks in the ground for everything that they have killed. And they dance around it and sing. 
These guys are starting to sound like fucking witches. Apparently, victory songs for all the dead witches that they've killed. During at least a three-week stretch of working in the ravine, they always had just one axe, one pick, and one shovel. The two boys, Sam and Nick, had dug a trench that was 75 feet long and 20 feet deep in some places. Holy Jesus. At one point, they're going to begin to hit water. I feel like Sam just took this on himself. He decided to start uh, with a bucket and try to remove the water so they could continue to dig for the witches. They will continue to work through this, even though literally the clothes on their bodies is disintegrating off of them because they have not stopped working at all. It's during this time period that you're going to see a lot more people start to come watch them because now words got out that these crazy people are down in the ravine and they're just working night and day. They won't stop. <laughs> the only problem is that while everybody's gawking at this and watching it, no one is stopping them from doing this. I bet you they were all on their fucking cell phones recording it. Oh, <laughs> they, those freaking Gen Zers. Gen Zers. Yeah. yeah. So addicted to their phones these Not days. Not living in the moment. Yeah. Wait, what year was this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's very similar though. See, so you can't blame you can't blame generational things because these people they just sit yeah. around and watched and they didn't do anything helpful. That's, that's the joke. Doing yeah, the old rubber Just agreeing with you. <laughs> I think every once in a while it's nice for us to come to a little bit of a reality check and realize that people just sometimes don't know what to do or how to react and so they just watch mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with whether they're gen z or they're recording it or they're on their phone or whatever it's just it's just how people have been forever everybody needs a witness well thank god some some things get recorded you know honestly yeah, it's yeah. good it was observed that nick may have not slept for nearly two weeks straight or if he did it was only for a few hours here and there and none of them appeared to be eating. And yet sometimes they seem to have superhuman strength when it came to lifting up boulders out of the ravine. This is kind of important. At one point, all three of them appeared to interrogate a very large boulder, asking it to release Nick's war pension. Which is very interesting because uh. he should have been receiving said war pension as a veteran of the Civil War. <laughs> Going to come back to that. That's actually maybe okay. very important. Uh, after they interrogated this particular boulder, they hit it so hard they broke it up into pieces, thus killing it. Boy, that is actually so important, I think, when I tell you. Oh, boy. Yeah. This, is, this gets really fucked up, guys. I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, they work through the night. Sometimes they would light fires. These are all like just general observations. People are, as this article is getting written, this man is also finding these things out as he is writing the article. So um, this is just the order in which these things are happening in the article. Eventually, thousands of people observe the quote war. Don't think of this as like a thousand people just standing around. There's a lot of hilly areas here. Some people could be on their property overlooking the ravine and just see what was going on. It could be really far away. But I guess when you calculated about how many people lived in the area and, you know, the hills that surrounded this area, it could be thousands of people at any given time actually observing what was going on. Interesting. Finally, it does reach the county seat in North Vernon. The mayor, a doctor, and an attorney are dispatched to the area and within 24 hours, all three of them are taken into custody on charges of insanity. Nick is described as skeletal in form, maybe weighing about 100 pounds at this point. Yikes. They think he's lost maybe 50 to 60 pounds just doing this night and day. Everyone is actually pretty afraid that he is not going to recover. He seems to have a complete mental break when he stops looking for witches. Sam seems a little bit better off. He's still underweight but just you know stops doing what he's doing and uh susan is probably in the best health of the three if that's what you want to call it she seems to just have some minor ailments 
because she's been exposed to the elements for so long. Nick is sent to an insane asylum in Indianapolis until he is recovered enough. And he is sent to the poorhouse, which is where Sam and Susan are living. He eventually just leaves there unnoticed. And then shortly after that, a wild man is seen lurking around the area of the ravine. Some people in the area think that that's Nick going back to finish the job of killing witches. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a very good assumption, yeah. honestly. Or it was Bigfoot. Or it was Bigfoot. Could have been both. When I first read that, uh, there were two accounts of someone seeing a, quote, wild man who was hairy and running around. The first one was someone who heard banging on rocks and then realized that there was a figure down in the ravine that looked like he was dark and hairy and looked like he was pounding on a rock with something. Now, that was a lo that was another like local person who saw that. That was sort of like poo-pooed off. But then when two, <laughs> I love this, when two other men who happened to be going along the same road, but they are merchants, uh, they're city folk, and they see this, they go down to approach the person and they get a rock thrown at them, barely misses the one guy's head. And they are obviously freaked out. And then they go tell people. Uh, this is how they figured out that maybe Nick had returned. Like they're sure that it was him. That's fair. Or it was Bigfoot. Or it was Bigfoot. I know, right? It's like, that could be Bigfoot behavior. Um, and this is what makes it so hard to, you know, to, one of the many things that is so fucking weird. But anyway, a welfare check is made on Susan and Sam in the poorhouse. And that's by a station agent that took uh, an interest in what was going on. And Susan relays that she understood that Nick has run off her words like he's left he's run off she complains that she's suffering from arthritis but immediately decides to blame that on witches yes <laughs> yeah yeah that makes yeah saw saw that one coming a mile away yeah sam at first agrees to shake hands with the station agent and then he goes to hit him instead and susan says that he's afraid because he thinks you're a witch to which sam merely mimics exactly what she just said to him so Sam's back to just repeating words. Susan is going to die in 1895 at the poorhouse. Samuel dies in 1900. It is assumed that both are buried in unmarked graves at the poor farm is what it's called then. 1892 is when they think that Nicholas Nick was back in the ravine, but he is not seen again after 1895. So after Susan died, he did not, he's never seen or heard from him again. Nobody knows what happened to him. Now, I am going to tell you guys a really fucked up story. Tell me. And I'm still trying to find out if it's connected in some way. So when I was doing my research on the battles and, you know, where these guys were stationed during the Civil War, and this is the part that I'm not sure that anyone's delved into or has talked about. But I accidentally found something. Okay. What did you find? Okay. So let's go back to Nick worrying about where his pension was. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, why was somebody who had enough money to buy the farm? It sounds like he bought the farm outright. So does he not have money to pay his taxes on the property? He should because he should be getting a pension as well because he fought and he came back. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I do a little digging on what 115th Ohio volunteers, that regiment, what they were doing. And it's all mundane stuff. A lot of them weren't actually involved in any kind of um, real fighting. A lot of it was that, that this was made up of mechanics and skilled artisans. And so a lot of it was patrolling and protecting of things and going to places that needed both protecting and maybe also fixing. So I was like, oh, that's very interesting. And then I I realized that, um, well, they did some work in Tennessee. They were in Murphy's, Murphy's Borough, Tennessee. That's interesting. There's a connection there with the battle in which his brother possibly was killed in, little 14-year-old brother. Which battle was that? The Battle of Stones River in Tennessee. That's near Murphy's Borough. Gotcha. So I'm just, just oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, fine. La, 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 la. And then I scroll down to the bottom. And I get to something called Violation of the Law of War. And it tells me about how a patrol, Company K, was accused of torturing a Confederate dispatcher. He was a scout, a man by the name of DeWitt Smith Job. 
He was a member of Coleman's Scouts. He was captured in 1864 by a patrol from the 115th. He swallowed his dispatches. And when he refused to tell them what he had observed, what he was about to tell Confederacy, uh, they tortured him. Ultimately, they gouged both of his eyes out, cut his tongue out, and then tied him to a horse and dragged him to death. Not cool. They then took the body and tied it to a tree upside down to send a message to the other Confederate scouts in the area that this was what was going to happen to you. Okay, I was like, Company K. I look into some National Archives and I find out that Company K was made up of people from the same county in which Nick was from. And I also can't find any evidence that Nick was in the 115th in the National Archives. And then I realize that someone who was dishonorably discharged would not receive a pension. Ah, and there it is. And then, as I am doing research on the Sultana incident, there, technically speaking, this has most likely been taken off the plate as far as an actual thing. But there was talk that DeWitt's cousin, I believe, he turns into a killing machine. He does the same thing with Union soldiers. He tortures them. He just outright kills them, shoots them in the back of the head. He's, you know, committing war crime after war crime, doesn't care because of Joe dying the way that he did. Eesh. There is a tiny little bit of speculation that he had something to do with sabotaging the Sultana because there was someone else on that ship that he wanted dead. JC. No, no, no. Um, it was probably one of the several hundred people that the Satana was not supposed to have on it. <laughs> because JC it was, not- what would you say? Uh, two or three times the amount of people were on it than what was theoretically safe last, at the time. Last time I checked, I don't think JC was supposed to be on it. <laughs> so checks out there's another man that is on that boat that was also supposedly in prison that he's let go he thinks that that guy is on that boat Retro. and he wants him dead even though the war's over did he blow up the boiler <laughs> that he sabotaged it uh oh what if he did have something to do only because when I was also studying about the Sultana the men that ran that ship were kind of pieces of shit in that they took a lot of money and didn't do their jobs. <laughs> yeah, like, hmm. oh, we've reached our capacity. We'll be back in a week or two. And what if then in the end, Nick comes to the horrible realization that if he was involved in killing that guy, that he basically also got his brother murdered after the war was over. I was like, son of a bitch. Although, honestly... From the uh, from the standpoint of more recent historical observations, it does seem like you know the boiler just blew up. So someone else tried to say that they sabotaged it with a some kind of torpedo, a coal torpedo. I'm interested. Again, I wasn't even gonna like you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. He died, and then I'm like, wait, what? Fuck! Why does this shit always? <laughs> I, when I'm finishing up my research, is always the last day, and I just go over some stuff, and then I read something. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, why didn't I see this? I don't know. A week ago, when I originally started reading this this stuff, no, it's like, <sighs> it's like right now. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. This guy in St. Louis claimed that Robert Loudon had made a confession that he sabotaged the Sultana by using a coal torpedo. But I do believe that this was uh, debunked by history detectives. Let me see. And hear me out on this. Aren't all detectives kind of history detectives? No, shush. Quartermaster Hatch winds up being the the culprit, really, for that one. He just took a, a great deal of money and he let everything go. And what sucks is that he, there was no accountability accountability at all for what he did because he had friends in high places, as in, President Lincoln and General Ulysses S. Grant. So those are pretty high places. Yeah, that's actually not a bad theory. That what if, you know, what if DeWitt's uh, cousin just paid this guy off to, you know, hey, can you just let that go? Can you just, you know, 
<laughs> Can we just let that go? Because there's this guy on there that um, helped kill my cousin and torture him to death, and I want him to fucking dead. And then it just happens to also kill Nick's brother in the process. I mean, what the fuck? He didn't die. He he lived. Captain Reuben Benton Hatch. He did. He lived to be 52 and died in Illinois. So, um, huh. So I think I may hmm. have created another problem because I, I mean, that's a possibility. And and isn't it interesting that he he lived? Like maybe he knew that it was going to blow up because he just helped it blow up. I you know <laughs> the little push that you need. And then um then I was thinking back to oh my god he interrogated a stone that he then broke up into pieces. <laughs> when you put it that way, feels like he may have done this before was he in company k did he get involved in that stuff why can't i find his name in the archives so uh so spooksters i'm currently going through the national archives of the bureau of military justice court martial cases there's a lot of pages because i caught this like way late i'm only on page 19 of 1777 so i might have to let you know in the future if i do find Nick Bishlin or Bishler is actually on the list of people who were court-martialed for, you know, torture. Would explain maybe why he went mental, too, you know, and why he wasn't getting his pension. Because there's no, nothing talking about why he didn't have his pension. Interesting. Because he could have sold the farm in Ohio and just used that money to purchase the new one. But you're going to run into problems if you can't farm. You're not your farm's not making any money. You can't pay your taxes, and you don't have any money to eat. Then you just slowly go insane. I don't know. This is one of those ones where I wanted to talk about it because I'm not a. I am not sold at all that this has anything paranormal in it. No, I'd agree with that. This is tragic and speaks volumes of the fact that we still look, man. We didn't take enough care of any of these soldiers in the Civil War, we still don't take good enough care of our soldiers when they come home today. Absolutely not. As far as I'm concerned. There Dude, needs to be so uh, much more. The the stories of like Civil War PTSD stuff is it's bonkers. And I'm also commenting on that from a very special place of having been to the Civil War Museum in Washington, D.C., gotten to go behind the scenes and see the actual bones of people who were blown up and blown to smithereens, and et cetera, et cetera. It is absolutely horrifying. I'm only extremely jealous. <laughs> Some people out there may be a little bit jealous. It's, it's just, God, you know, and you think that was inside someone's leg. Ouch. The things that people saw during that war, and the fact that the 14-year-old, 14, fucking sent, to fight in either one of those battles is horrible on their own, you know? And to think that in both cases, the Union won and they still had massive losses. It's like, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Fucking sad. I mean, it is. It's Good way to end, Mar end February. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, uh. gotta end it all off with a huge bummer. Hey, guys. Civil Wars are bad. Okay. If you want to do something good, send some money to our our veterans who are here and who are who are hurting. That is my my lesson for today. And unfortunately, I just found out that a lot of our vets just got cut off for mental health. What? Yeah. Yep. Um really really bad. And this just speaks volumes of what happens when people are cut off from mental health or people it, it feels like yeah, people are just standing around watching it happen and nobody's doing anything to help it's like if we can raise millions of dollars for critical role to have a fucking amazon television show then god damn it <laughs> you guys we can raise money to help veterans they did their duty so now it's our turn to do ours to do our duty yes. to duty to do duty <laughs> look we're talking about veterans so i was trying to be serious i know <laughs> and you're a terrible person a absolutely <laughs> terrible human being listen i can't Here say I am, duty without time, laughing i don't know why <laughs> the one time jc tries to be sincere <laughs> okay so it's today's featured music <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yo it's been such a weird episode what the 
What are we even talking about, man? People are people are interrogating rocks, man. What the fuck are you talking about? I know, I'm so confused. That's a totally confusing episode. We just did a whole episode about three people who just dug a really big fucking hole and everybody got real concerned about it for a while, but didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Standing around. I'm just picturing their neighbors. What are they doing down there? Uh, Digging a hole, I guess. Just think we should stop them. That's kind of a pretty deep hole. And each their own. Nope. There's a young man down there that's, you know, mentally disabled, and we should probably go check out and make sure he ate, but nope. (laughs) Fuck that. Over here, minding my own damn business. Okay, so our featured music today is by Two Witches Band. (laughs) Ha ha. Get it? (laughs) So bad. Okay. Um, I chose the song The Last Day off of their album called the undead these folks are from finland awesome band uh check them out they are on Bandcamp. uh we bought the whole album called the undead again uh got some great songs on it anyway when we get back we'll do you know squeaky spooky spooky squad news you just say squeaky squad news squeaky squad news spooky spooky squad news (laughs) squeaky squad news Basically, follow us in all the places. Instagram, What's Twitter, that? Facebook. I have really bad indigestion. Well, voting is over, but and we don't know as of today if we've made the best podcast in the Lehigh Valley, but who knows? Maybe we did okay. If not, we riot. <laughs> we riot like we just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, or lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Either way, we have our Patreon. Still going strong. I've got some got some ideas in my head for a couple of things coming up you know like they're out there there's some ideas floating around you know we have like women's month coming up and kind of thinking about some extras to possibly do uh you know kiki's quirk stuff uh we'll see how it goes because you know my child being a mom is so crazy Whew, man i'm just like when is school gonna be over didn't it like just start? Not soon enough. No, it didn't just start. Yeah, I don't know. What so kids? annoying. Kids are, I mean, the kids are fine. It's school's annoying. Oh my God. I literally, like, my chest is on fire. I need to take an acid. Uh, I need to drop acid. There we go. Especially after this episode. Jeebus. Hey. Man, I am whoa, whoa, whoa. not recommending that you drop acid. <laughs> He's going to be out interrogating boulders. <laughs> I totally am. There's plenty of them out here. I just... <laughs> Where's my money? Give me my money! It's not funny, though. It's very sad. Yeah, I'm still trying to come back from, like, all this shit that I just read. Um, you know, thinking about how a 14-year-old is the same age as one of my nieces right now. And I'm just like, ah... Uh, huh. <laughs> God, no. Child labor laws. Stop, are not labor. The stop sending children to war. How about we do that first? You know. Look, you gotta anyway, do what before you gotta. we get before we get into another tangent. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else important going on? I don't know. You probably just came off of we we did a special thing. It's going to happen again this month, uh, in in March, where we kind of did a back to back episodes because we had Valentine's Day, so I wanted to put out a special kind of valentine's day episode which was our resurrectionist episode you're welcome and and then we also did i did a segment for our dark cast network spotlight on crime and uh, and passion perhaps 
So I hope you listen to that because uh, I picked the Jesse Strang uh, case from New York. That's from the 1800s, too. It's a crazy story. And in April, April Fool's, all of us are going to be involved in an April Fool's one, which I cannot wait for you guys to listen to that because I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to tell you guys. I'm going to tell you when we're done recording. I will tell you off air what that subject is because it's really fun. Um, you're going to love it. And yeah. uh, in March, we're going to have, we're going to have a double, uh, a double up in March. So you're going to get this episode and you'll get another one right away next week. And that is because one of the bands that we are promoting next month, Jen and the Degenerates, they're going to have a show, I believe. Well, I'll know definitely where it's at. I'll mention it in the episode, but it is, I believe, in Manchester. So our UK listeners, which are actually quite a few of you, thank you very much, UK. Um, yeah, you might be interested in that show, Jen and, Jen and the Degenerates, and it's spelled G-E-N. So check them out, check out the website, and you'll see exactly where they're going to be playing in March. But we'll have the actual dates and the locations mentioned in those episodes specifically. Gotta say, top tier band name. Right? Oh, Jen that's is a, so awesome. That's a, that's a good band name. Yeah, <laughs> she and she's just fucking cool as hell. She has, they, they have a TikTok, and then she'll post a lot of that stuff on Instagram as well. And I just really like her. I like listening to her. She's got a lot of really good stuff, good uh, uplifting things to say, too. She just did one about just being in the music industry and made some really fantastic points about, like, not putting yourself down because you don't really know where some of these bands came from. You know, you might think that you're doing worse off than everybody else. Then you realize, oh, they have a leg up because their dad played in a 90s punk band that you never heard of before. I was like, ha, mm-hmm. yeah, you never know. Post, And I'll be posting continually throughout the year. Other bands that we are promoting will have a uh, Instagram story attached to it with their the playbill and that will have the dates and stuff on it. We just did one for it'll be over by now, but there's two in a row that happened for uh, Serpent Church. That's something we're going to be doing in the future, too. So as soon as Jen get those gets those playbills out, you'll be seeing those uh, the, the same weeks that they'll be running. So hopefully I said, I would love to come to your show, but you're not across the pond yet. Hit me up when you get to Philly girl. Cause I'll come listen to you. Yeah. So unless you guys have anything else to say, we'll make it a, a quick, a quick outro and get the hell out of here. I got nothing. All right. No. Ford's like, I want to go. I want to eat. I want to sleep. And I want to play my PS five. Yes. <laughs> oh man. All right. So, Again, our featured music is from Two Witches from Finland off of the album The Undead. Uh, They will be playing March 30th at the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh. I was like, dang it, guys, not coming to the Philadelphia area so far that I know. Just Hard Rock Cafe Pittsburgh right now. So we'll see if they play Philly. Awesome. They are definitely, uh, I hope from the, the just the sound of it, you'll figure out that they're kind of a goth band very cool stuff and then oh wow us playing a goth band who would have thunk it (sighs) look (laughs) we play goth we play industrial we play metal we play punk i play alternative that's it where's mission spooky like this is it's you know right 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 except except in the spring and the summer we're gonna be playing a little bit more like summertime music as what I would call it. Some fun, almost like pop alternative stuff. And maybe, just maybe, hold on to your butt cord. Ska. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, give me them trombones blasting. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get some, trying to get some ska bands to talk about this summer. Heck yeah. Yes. I want them all. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, as always, stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. By giving your message to a boulder in the backyard of Kiki's house, uh, we'll get the fucking message out of that boulder. So help me God. (laughs) 